Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. We are excited to celebrate with you, and we have a child dedication as well, as you heard. If you have your kids with you in service, um, there will be time, because the dedication is going to come at the end of my message, and so feel free to um, use KidZone or Nursery for your kids, and then when we flip over our listening guide to the back, that's a good cue to go get your kids. And so, uh, but... You can keep them in here if that if that is doable for you and your child. So, moms are a very important part of life. Uh, matter of fact, without moms, we wouldn't be here. So, all of us are indebted to our moms. Moms occupy a very very important post in life. I mean, men are important, but moms play a very very important role. For without them. Again, we wouldn't be here. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the significance of our moms and then also just our own lives. Um, Today is a day where we remember, we reminisce, we think about the difference that people have made in our own life and the difference that we're making in the lives of others. And so in our culture, it's very, very um, unusual when you stop because we're moving so fast. And so we live in this fast-paced world where we never really stop to reflect and to think and to, to ask good questions. And so today what we're going to do is we're, going to, we're just going to take some time to reflect on some scriptural principles and get some perspective on what God is trying to accomplish through our lives and the difference that we're making. If you would like, you can pull this listening guide out and follow along. At the top you'll see it says this, Each of us owes a debt. Every one of us owes a debt. We've actually been born indebted. Each of us was born of a woman. We've all been born of of women. And scientists have been trying to produce babies through test tubes, but so far, everybody that's been born has been born of a woman. That's this common factor in here. We've all been born of a woman. Someone, some female gave you, you know, life. Men can initiate life. But only women can bear life. Only women can conceive, grow, and then bear life. This is, this is a very unique post that women moms hold. We tend to really look at ourselves and we see us. We tend to look in the mirror and we think about, well, time began with me and it will end when I die. We tend to not think too much beyond ourselves because we're living in a very... Con- you know, self-absorbed world. And so it's, it's difficult to actually reflect upon the role that, that moms play. We tend to, to not think about, hey, someone actually gave birth to me. Someone, God used someone to bring me into this world. So that's the first thing we're indebted because of that. And second, we've also been cared for by others. We're indebted because of that. We've been cared for by someone. It's easy to forget it. Again, because we live in such a fast-paced world, it's easy to not take time to pause and to think, wow, someone actually took time to clothe me, to keep me warm, to look after me, to nurture me. We don't, we don't remember the sick nights. I guarantee you. None of us remember those long, sick nights. We don't remember those who cared for us during those long, sick nights. And if it weren't for them, eh, some of us would not be here. Our our very lives depend on someone paying attention, taking care of us, 
looking after us, nursing us back to health. This is something none of us could do ourselves. We certainly don't remember the probably several thousand smelly, dirty diapers. All we knew was, it doesn't feel good right now. We just knew we were uncomfortable. (laughs) And so we let out a cry and someone attended to us and they changed those dirty, smelly diapers. Sometimes, you know, they didn't quite make it and contain. And it gets all over the place and they're cleaning and sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Someone fed us. Before we even could say thank you, before we even knew how to talk, someone fed us. And then we had to be trained to say thank you. And some of us are still being trained to say thank you, you know. But some of you, you know your mom. Some of you, you're in relationship with, with you were possibly raised by your own mother. Others of you, you may not have a relationship with your mom. But someone gave you birth and then someone cared for you. You were cared for by others. And in our day, we tend to not think about that. We just tend to think about what we want and we go after what we want. And we just kind of forget about everyone else. But today is the day that we we realize, hey, we're really indebted. And so in Scripture, we understand we're indebted to two things. One is to honor them. It's the first thing. We're indebted, all of us, to honor those who gave us birth and those who took care of us. The New Testament, it quotes this command. This is an Old Testament command. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And in the New Testament, Paul writes about it in Ephesians 6, verse 2. He says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So promise means, you know, you do this, here's what is going to happen. This is the promise. You can count on it. It's guaranteed. Here's the promise. If you honor your father and mother, here's the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So the question, do you want to live a long time? How do you do that? Well, you honor your father and mother. It's really, it's really kind of a simple thing, but do you want a short trip? Despise your mother. Despise your father. That's, it's a foolish thing. If this is a promise and God says, hey, this is how you can have a good long life, a life that goes well, well, you honor them. There's some things that God says in addition that will give you, um, that will bring a life that goes well, but it all starts right here. And we're indebted to re, to really honor those who've cared for us. Again, do you want a rotten life? Do you want a crummy life, a short crummy life? Well, just despise the one who gave birth to you. Just dishonor them. Just talk trash about them. That's a, that's a quick way to a short, rotten life. Because this is one of God's promises. And it's not just something that I'm saying. This is what God says. The Bible says we honor them not because they were such noble people necessarily. We honor them because they did for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's why we honor them. We are indebted to them. We could not bring ourselves into this world. We also could not take care of ourselves. We honor them because they did these things that we could not do. And in their thinking, you may have been a complete accident. Don't feel bad because in God's thinking, you know, He he brought life. He brought you into this world. He planned your days. Your days are numbered. He used your mother and those who care for you. And some of you have been raised by people that Maybe we're really hard on you. Maybe they're pretty hard people to get along with. And you, and maybe they didn't do everything right. Well, you still need to honor them. You still need to, to consider this principle because at least they cared for you. 
You honor them because they played a significant role. You're honoring because of the position they played, the role that they played. If they're not really respectable people, you could admit that, but you can still show honor to them. So that's the first thing. Second thing, we're also indebted to return the care. We're to return what, what they have done. They cared for us, now we have an opportunity and an obligation. There's a debt that needs to be repaid. We owe returning care. First Timothy 5 says, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, meaning this is a lady with no means of income, her husband has died. So there's this widow with no has children or grandchildren. These, meaning her children or grandchildren, should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying. That's the word repaying. It means we're, we're in debt. So we pay it back. We're in debt to those. Their parents and grandparents, for this is what's pleasing to God. This is kind of first base walk with God is what he's saying. If you say you walk with God, he's saying put your religion into practice by taking care of those to whom we're indebted to. So we honor the debt by paying them back when the need is there. So when our moms or when those who cared for us need someone to care for them, we step into that role. We take care of them. In our day, we would just rather think, well, we'll just leave that up to someone else. Let the government take care of them. Let someone else take care of them. We would just rather have them declare family bankruptcy and just say, you know, hey, just we, we would rather just forget our debt to them. But Scripture says, regardless of how your mom, if she was a wonderful person, then returning care to a wonderful person can be a pretty pleasant experience. But returning care to a, to a mom who may be more like a porcupine can be a painful experience, but you still return care. You still show honor. And some of you have done that very well. And some of your moms are no longer here with us, but you, but you honored them while they were alive. You returned care to them. And so you can rejoice in the way that you did that. And it encourages others as we watch people come alongside their moms and return that care. Right now, I'd like to pray a blessing over, over the moms. And so here's the question for everyone. So listen up. Here's the big question for everyone here. If you were born of a woman, would you stand right now in honor of moms? All right. Would you bow with me and join in prayer in honor of moms? Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. We're so grateful for how you have brought us into this world, and you've used significant people, Lord. None of us could have taken care of ourselves, taken care of ourselves, and so right now we just stand in honor of your wisdom in creating the human race. We honor our mothers today. We thank you for the wisdom of your plan, for without them, God, we would not be here. And so we honor them for the position that they hold in our lives We thank you for using them to bring us into this world and to take care of us. And we pray your blessing over them as they have given us life. And we ask you to just continue to bless them. And we also bless them right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day, moms. As men, we just don't know all the stuff that goes into being moms. We don't know all the stuff that you went through to take care of us. So we want to thank you. A second point on here is each of us was also, or we also are, 
a part of a greater story. Each one of us. We, we are a part of a greater story. Whether you're a mom, a dad, a, a child, you're a part of something God is trying to do. You move through the years of your life without really thinking about what's going on. But sometimes tragedy hits, trouble strikes, and then we stop and we go, man, what is going on here? Why is this happening? Horrible things happen, and that causes us to just to stop and ask questions. Like, what, what is going on? We watch the news and things, mind-boggling things happen in our world, and we just stop and we're like, man. I went to Russia in college, and there was monuments for Joseph Stalin, one of the leaders there, and he was former leader of the country, and um, did some horrible things, though. Annihilated his own people. Somewhere around 80 to 100 million of his own people killed. And I remember like, why are there monuments to this guy? Like, what's going on here? How, how is this? Or, are there, and there's other people that, that, that we see on the news and we're like, why are people cheering for this guy? Why are, what is going on here? Things happen that we don't understand. But the truth is, each of us is part of a greater story. God is trying to accomplish something. In the world. Look at what Scripture says. From one man, God made every nation of men. I mean, from Adam, He made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And He determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. I mean, the extent of all the empires and the collapse of the empires. God, you know, this is part of God's... He's working things out. He has a great plan. He is working out. Verse 27, God did this so that men would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. See, God is the one who's ultimately in charge of history. He's in charge. We're a part of a very small but important time frame of God's history. You know, history's unfolding. We get to join. He's, part, he's involved us in this, in this story. Our lives are, in part, are important in the grand scheme of things. But how do we make sense of it all? Because when trouble hits and when tragedy strikes, we always scratch our head and we what is really going on here? Why would this happen? And so there's a few principles that I want to draw your attention to as we reflect on this. First off, the whole thing is too large to comprehend. This great story, what God is trying to do, it's too large for any of us to fully comprehend. We can't get our minds around what God is trying to accomplish. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. This is a book in the Bible on the philosophy of life. And the writer says this. He says, Then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. He doesn't mean you can't understand anything. What he means is he just can't get his mind around the whole thing. None of us can. None of us can get our minds completely around what is really going on. That's why when trouble hits and tragedy strikes, we scratch our heads because it's too large for us to comprehend how God could be using all of history. What is happening here? Well, it's too large for us to comprehend. He continues, despite all his efforts, meaning all man's efforts to search it out, man cannot discover the meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. So that's the first thing. We need to keep that in mind. It's too large for us to understand and to comprehend Second thing we need to keep in mind is the story is unclear from this side. This great story that God is doing, it's really unclear from this side. It's like I have this tapestry throw, I guess it's called. 
just called a blanket to me, but it's a blanket, but it's a tapestry throw. Can you see what that is? Kind of, right? What is it? Yeah. What else can you see? Maybe some water. Yeah, it's a little unclear from that side, isn't it? You can see, but you can't see in full detail what this is. Now, I mean, it's not like spectacular design on the backside either, but, you know, you can see now. It's, okay, it's okay, it's clear. There's some birds. I think there's some, you know, some greenery at the bottom, some water, clearly, because lighthouses are near the water. Some of you guys used good judgment there, but... It's, it's a little unclear from that side because you're looking at it from the back side. You can't see. And if, if you've seen like real beautiful tapestries, you know, on the back of a tapestry, the weaving of a tapestry, you really can't see. You, it just looks, okay, maybe that's a person and you flip it over. Oh, wow, what a beautiful, what a beautiful tapestry. That's a little bit how our lives are. We're, we're, on, we're on one side and we, it's still very unclear as to what God is truly doing. So this verse, Paul the Apostle, he writes about this. He talks about how things are a little unclear from this side. Look at what he says, 1 Corinthians 13. He says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Right now, we're, we're seeing as in a mirror, but it's this poor reflection. But then he says, then. And he's talking about when I'm with him face to face, when we're in his presence, when we're with the Lord, he says, then we shall see face to face. Now, I know in part. We just see part of it right now. Then, when we're with Him, I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. It's like viewing a tapestry from the backside. It's not in full view. You get a glimpse, you can begin to, ah, I think this is what God's trying, I think this is why this is happening. I think, I think, as, as we look at the events from our life, we can kind of make some sense of it, but truly things are confusing. The patterns do not fully emerge this side of heaven. For those of us who have connected with God and her, who who are going to spend eternity with Him, things will become clear when we're in His presence. And then we have to keep that in mind. And over time, it comes more into focus because the story is seen better as you age. That's another point. The story, what God is trying to do, it's seen better as you get older, as you age. As you age, physically, your eyesight breaks down, Right? I think for most people, their eyesight deteriorates over time, right? Yeah, there's some nodding. and You, know, you didn't have glasses, now you have glasses. You didn't have contacts, now you have contacts. You know? But over time, your spiritual eyesight actually improves. Your ability to make sense of what God is doing, as you walk with God through the years, you begin to see the truth and the reality of what He said. And so many of the things that we learn and we read and we say, I think this is what God wants me to do. And we read it in Scripture and we, we think, man, that just seems so ridiculous right now. How could I trust God with that? How could I do things God's way? And it just doesn't seem to make sense. Well, it's seen better as you age because you begin to see God's truth confirmed. Look at Psalm 37, verse 25. It says, the psalmist says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. The word righteous here is tied to the idea of not perfection, but blamelessness. Meaning, we all make mistakes, we all sin, we all hurt people, but the righteous person, the blameless person means they take care of what they've done. 
When they hurt someone, they go clear it up. When they do wrong, they make it right. They clean up their messes. And so what the psalmist is saying is, I've seen righteous people. God doesn't forsake them. He takes care of them. Even their children are blessed. And over time, this man is saying, I was young. I'd hear these things. I'd learn these things. I didn't know about it back then, but now I'm old. And I could say, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Their children are blessed. Over time, if you walk with God and take Him seriously, you will see the truth of God's Word lived out in your life and in other people's life. One of my mentors says, he said that everyone is out to prove God's Word is true. Some by obedience and others by disobedience. We're all out to prove the Bible's true. And we experience, over time, we begin to see better with age what God is fully doing. The last thing there is this. So we live by trusting God now. Right now, we have to choose the perspective. I'm going to put my faith in Him. Despite the fact that my eyesight spiritually is getting clearer, but it's not all that clear yet. I don't fully see. I can't fully comprehend. I'm, things are unclear from this side, but I trust God fully right now. We live by faith, 2 Corinthians 5.7, not by sight. You can't figure it all out. There's some patterns but my next steps need to be steps of faith, is what he's saying. They need to be choices in faith. You flip it over to the back side, and parents, any of you that would like to go get your kids, mad rush for the door. Also, each one of us, a couple more points before we get to the child dedication. So you parents, have you got plenty of time. Each one of us participates with God in creating the story. There is this greater story, but we also get to be participants in the story. He's creating the story of our lives. He's also creating the story of history. Proverbs 20, verse 24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? What it's saying is that God's sovereignty, His control, His rule, intervenes in life and it directs us this way and it directs us that way. He's He's in charge. He's the one who's in control. And if you're trying to figure it all out, or you're trying to predict your future, man, good luck. But participate with Him. And since we can't understand it all, people sometimes think, well, who cares? I can't, I can't understand what God's trying to do, so I'm going to do whatever I want. Who cares? Well, if God's in charge and doesn't... Maybe, do I even matter? Does my life matter? Do my choices matter? If God's really in charge, then who cares? What I do, I could do whatever I want. And so sometimes we, we just live an unrestrained life thinking it won't really matter. Well, look at what Galatians says. Galatians, do not be deceived. Galatians 6-7. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from that Spirit will reap eternal life. You reap what you sow. If you sow flowers, you don't harvest zucchini. If you, if you sow squash, zucchini, you know, you don't harvest um, daisies, you know. If you sow an apple tree, you don't sow a banana tree. You, you reap what you sow. Scripture says our choices really matter. What we do, it, it truly matters. We actually, God works and responds in line with how we live our lives, the choices we make. The idea of reaping Eternal life that he's saying, it's, it's a here and now experience. You actually can have the quality of some of the eternal life even here and now. 
parts of life can have this eternal, everlasting quality. Time is moving on, though, and each of us gets to participate with what God is doing. So you have to watch your thinking. You have to watch the thinking that says, God's going to do whatever He wants, so it doesn't matter, or I, can, or I can't really figure it out, so I'm going to try to control my life and my destiny. The truth is, God's sovereignty and your responsibility go hand in glove. God is working. He's invited you to be part of it. There is still story to be created. He's, he's asking you, He's inviting you to join Him. And we don't tend to think too much about it, but this last point is a very important thing to remind yourself of, is each of us can pass on a heritage. Every single one of us can pass something on to the next generation. We don't live thinking that way. We typically think, well, what do I want to do right now for me, for my life? It's all about the now. But the truth is, we are planting a crop right now, and so there is time beyond us. We will move on. Time will go on after we're no longer part of the earth. Scripture says this about David. For when David, this mighty king of Israel, when he had served his purposes in his own generation, he fell asleep. Meaning he died. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. David was this king. He really loved God. He was a great king. But at one point, he chased after his own desires. He got off track, created this huge mess. And then he turned around. He straightened things out. He did a 180, turned around, got on track with God again. You have a time frame in which you can serve the purposes of God. And that time frame is now. If you'll use that, and you can pass something of real value on to the people who come after you. The clock is ticking for all of us. We have our days, and we need to choose to sow good things. To be investing our time in things that really have an eternal quality. Things that really matter. Scripture also says this, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. You know, you and I have something we can pass along. We can pass along a heritage. There's this final verse in the Old Testament, Psalm 78. It says, What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. You know, if you actually will walk with God, you will see God do unusual things in your life. If you learn to walk with Him and you cooperate with Him, God will work in your life and you can explain, you know, look at what God has done. Or I want to share some things about what God has done in my life. Because people have a lot of questions about if God is real. And as you share your stories, it's very likely that some people will say, you know what, that's interesting and I surely can't explain that. But the truth is, I don't and you do not serve a God who's the figment of our imagination. We don't serve a God that we've created around a coffee table and we made up in our mind. We serve a living God who is alive, who acts in history. In the world, He acts in my own personal history. He's inviting us to be part. I don't know about you, but I can't, I can't see all the patterns of what God is trying to do. I can't fully comprehend what God is trying to, to do through His great story. Things are unclear from this side, but I've seen them work in my life. And I have some things I can pass on to my kids and to my grandkids, Lord willing. And I hope you will decide to not just live your life for the here and now. I hope you'll decide to understand you're a part of God's great story. He's trying to accomplish something through you. He wants you to pass something on for your own kids. If it's not for your kids, 
You know, it's for other people that your life is involved in, that you're rubbing shoulders with, your life is connected to. It's Your life is not a waste. And so God wants to do something through it. We're going to have our child dedication. And I wanted to do it at the end because I felt like 